is risen, Christ will come again. Throw open the doors, drop the walls, and gaze towards the throne of our glorious God. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Who do we say God is? Powerful God, the victorious God, the triumph God. Okay, pass it on. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We're going to sing our first hymn, Rejoice the Lord is King. And as we're doing that, I'm going to light the Advent candles to remind us that our God is a God who is coming again.
while um, Jacqueline brings our lesson and then Ivan will come and talk. Let's pray for them as they come to us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can freely receive it in this land. And we pray, Father, you would forgive us for taking it for granted. So, Lord, as we have this word spoken to us now, open our ears and our hearts that we may hear what you want to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. The reading this morning is from Zephaniah, chapter 3, starting at verse 14. Sing, daughter Zion, shout, shout, Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Daughter Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your punishment, he has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honour in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honour and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. These are exciting times, as I'm sure you'll agree. The high point for me was a few days ago when I went to see the hygienist at the dentist. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> and her name was Sophie. So I asked her if she was wise. And she wondered what was going on, as possibly you do. <laughs> and uh, I told her the word Sophie means wisdom comes from the Greek. And it's surprising the number of people who don't know what their name means. So when I come across some, a girl called Sarah or something, I always say, what's it like to be a princess? Because that's what the word means. But I digress. We've just had a reading from the book of Zephaniah. And Zephaniah is Hebrew and means God has hidden or God has protected not many people know that. But then you may say, there are not too many Zephaniahs around. The only other one I know of is Benjamin Zephaniah, the poet. And um, actually, there is a footballer called Zephaniah Thomas, 
who plays for Selby Town in Yorkshire. I'm sure you're fascinated in taking notes about that. Um, you might not know him, of course. But the Zephaniah in the Bible was a Jewish prophet in the 7th century BC during the reign of King Josiah. And he wrote one of the shorter Old Testament prophecies. He's considered a minor prophet, not because he wasn't all that important, but because the narrative is rather short. Like the writings of many of the prophets, the book of Zephaniah follows a pattern of judgment on all people for their sin, followed by the restoration of God's chosen people. And it contains some of the most intense images of God's justice and hope, which, which you find in the prophetic books. We've only read the last part of the prophecy. You can read the rest at home. But over the course of the book, we see Zephaniah's visions of the presence of God, which brings both judgment and joy. We hear of destruction as divine judgment for the sins of Israel, and specifically the priesthood under the reign of the kings Manasseh and Ammon. With vivid and sometimes disturbing language, the prophet foresees the arrival of the day of the Lord, the time in which God will act to restore justice and bring judgment on faithless, sinful nations. The day of the Lord is described as a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom a day of clouds and thick darkness. More consistently than any other prophetic book, Zephaniah focuses on this day of the Lord. It's first mentioned in Amos, the prophet Amos, but also in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Obadiah, Joel, and Malachi. And the people are called to seek forgiveness for their behavior, to turn over a leaf, a new leaf rather, and get right with God. Nowadays, we, we sometimes create for ourselves a nice, cozy picture of God, who we like to see as a nice old English gentleman who's anxious not to upset or cause offense to anybody. Yet Zephaniah depicts God's presence as disturbing. God won't tolerate, tolerate hypocrisy and indifference. I'm quoting here from the, the message translation of the Bible. He will find and punish those who are sitting it out, fat and lazy, amusing themselves and taking it easy, who think God doesn't do anything good or bad. He isn't involved, so neither are we. The people are accused of worshipping other gods, and this language sounds a bit over the top in our 20th century, sophisticates that we are. But have we too become indifferent? Do we compromise our Christian principles so we can avoid upsetting others and because we're afraid to rock the boat? What if God interu interrupted us as we live our lives? What would he find? Do we walk the talk? Do we practice what we preach? Or as I just read now, or do we live assuming that God 
will do neither good nor harm, so it doesn't really matter what we do. Do we have other gods? Of course we don't. But then perhaps we do. What about material possessions? How we spend our time? What are our priorities? What's the most important thing in life for you? Or for me, for that matter? How close do you feel to God? Towards the end of the book of Zephaniah, the tone changes as God's presence brings celebration and cause for joy. It opens the door to a new future. And I'm quoting here from Zephaniah 3.17. Your God is present among you, a strong warrior there to save you. Happy to have you back. He'll calm you with his love and delight you with his songs. This prophecy addresses Israel at a time in which they'd experienced great shame on the world stage. The nation had been ravaged by conquering armies of foreign nations. And to this hurting people, God promises a new world. So not only does God's presence bring a joy that casts out fear, but it also brings the restoration of justice and aid to the poor. I'm quoting again. I'll heal the maimed. I'll bring home the homeless. In the very countries where they were hated, they'll be venerated. On judgment day, I'll bring you back home. A great family gathering. You'll be famous and honored all over the world. So Zephaniah was looking forward to the day of the Lord, a day when God was basically going to have a big sort out. Evil will be overcome, and God will bring a time of celebration, restoration, and new life. Now today is the third Sunday of Advent. So here are a few silly statistics. I looked up the word Advent on the internet via Google, and I found nearly three billion entries. And then I tried waiting and discovered over eight billion hits. I didn't attempt to look at them all, by the way. And it's amazing, but it's amazing the trivia you can dig out if you have a computer and the amount of time you waste on it. I try not to. Advent is a season observed in many Western Christian churches as a time of expectant waiting and preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus at Christmas. It marks the beginning of the Western liturgical year, and it starts on the fourth Sunday before Christmas, so it began this year on the 28th of November. And the word Advent is a version of the Latin word meaning coming. The word comes from the Latin adventus, which is the translation of the Greek word parousia, commonly used to refer to the second coming of Christ. For Christians, the season of Advent anticipates the coming of Christ from two different perspectives. The season offers the opportunity to share in the times when the Jews were longing for the coming of the Messiah. And at the same time, it calls us to be alert and ready for his second coming. 
So Advent is all about waiting. You will have seen a whole range of Advent calendars in the shops, which help us tick off the days of December as we wait for Christmas Day. How sad it is, though, with these Advent calendars, that the spiritual dimension is lost. You can find Advent calendars with 24 days of different tea bags. You've got socks Advent calendars, I kid you not. Perfumes and various toiletries. Um, Dogs, penguins, Christmas trees, Father Christmas and his sleigh, of course. Reindeer, chocolates, Mickey Mouse, of course. The list is endless. And I brought one along this morning. It's going to be rather difficult to see this if you're at home, but I'll do my best. Each of the 24 days preceding Christmas has a pocket which you fill with anything you like. Generally, chocolates or sweets. So we've got, I haven't filled them all, or it would weigh a ton. But um, you can see there, it's got one in there. What's that, a Twix? Oh, that's rather nice. Um, And they've got some weird things on here. We've got um, a cat. We've got a little train. We've got, is it a puppy? Probably. We've got some bells. We've got Father Christmas uh, looking a bit like a teddy bear. We have a rocking horse. Uh, We've got presents. We've got a Christmas tree. We've got a rather freaky one here of either a cat. I'm not sure whether it's a cat or a bear um, with wings. So it's meant to be some sort of an angelic cat. Is that possible? Um, Maybe. You can explain to me afterwards. We've got a jack-in-the-box, a Christmas... Isn't it getting a bit silly? Anyway, you know where I am. But none of these Advent calendars, especially my DIY Advent calendar, none of them captures the essential aspect of waiting. The Jews waiting for the coming of the Messiah and the challenge for us to be ready as we wait for Jesus' return. It seems to me that waiting often has negative connotations. We wait for a bus, which is invariably late. And at this time of year, we look forward to and wait for the longer days in the summer when the weather is warmer. And when you're a child, you're always told to wait until you're old enough. Children are not good at waiting. When our children were very young and we traveled a long distance by car, they'd often say, are we there yet? To a child, it seems such a long time waiting for their birthday, waiting for Christmas, waiting, waiting, waiting. Of course, waiting has a positive side. One of the first entries I found on the internet was this definition. The act of waiting, remaining inactive in one place while expecting something. A number of events that we see in the Bible fit into that category. Just think back 
to the time of Abraham and Sarah, who waited so long for God's promise to be fulfilled that she'd have a child. Incidentally, she was in her 90s by the time Isaac was born. And what about Hannah, who waited for her son, Emmanuel, uh, sorry, Samuel? Then there was Simeon, who waited for the time when he saw the baby Jesus, the Messiah, and actually cradled him in his arms. And think of the early apostles who were to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Waiting can be so positive. Part of the pleasure of anything you particularly enjoy is in the anticipation. Going back to children and birthdays, they can't wait for their next birthday. They look forward as they anticipate that day of celebration. Advent looks forward. Jesus came for the first time, which is what we celebrate at Christmas, and he's coming again. Few sermons are preached on the second coming. Why is that? When was the last time you heard a sermon about the second coming? And yet, the Muslims believe that Jesus is coming back. Did you know that? Before the Lord returns, we believers should make ourselves ready and get to know Jesus in an even deeper way. And if we don't have that relationship, now is the time to do something about it. As we look forward to that time, we catch a glimpse of what to expect in John's revelation, right at the end in chapter 21, where he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It's somewhat trite to say that sounds good but it's certainly something to look forward to. All the waiting will be worthwhile for those who've made their peace with God. They'll enjoy a life of intimacy with God forever. We don't know when it will be. It might not be in our lifetime. On the other hand, it could well happen before I finish preaching. I can remember as a boy hearing so many sermons with the challenge that Jesus could return. Maybe tonight, always said with dramatic effect. It made a great impression on me. I may have used that example before, but it's worth repeating. Unfortunately, I heard that challenge so many times that I stopped taking it seriously. And as another day dawned on Monday morning, I breathed a sigh of relief as Jesus hadn't returned, so I got on with the rest of my life. Business as usual, the panic was over. But of course they were right. Jesus will return when we're not expecting him, and we need to be ready. When Jesus comes back, he'll come at that precise moment, whether you're ready or not. Are you ready? Am I ready? Not will you be ready, but are you ready right now? Because it could be at any time whether you're ready or not.
We know that when Jesus does return, there'll be a time of peace, justice, and stability. The song you will all know, gonna lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside, ain't gonna study war no more. I'm not gonna sing it, <laughs> you'll be pleased to know. But that harks back to a passage from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Indeed, we look forward to that happy time every time we say the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And as we look around the world today and consider especially the hot spots, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Afghanistan, you can complete the list. We, we see that political pundits, don't we, on TV and hear them on the radio, as they struggle to offer their analysis, possible solutions, possible causes, what should we do, and so on, the implications for us, and so on. I just sigh and I feel so frustrated. And when I pray, I really haven't a clue what to pray for. Do you feel like that? As it says in, in Romans 8:26, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. What a relief it is to know that God understands the situation. We see such a mess which God will sort out one day as he's ultimately in control. Every time we take Holy Communion, we're reminded that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, which reminds us that Jesus is coming back. And the remembrance of the Lord's death, death is only for the time before he comes again. Are you ready to meet God? Indeed, am I ready to meet God? At this Advent time, let us look forward to the time when we look back at Jesus' birth, but also look forward to him coming again and make sure that we're ready. As I usually do, I've prepared a sheet of points to ponder, which I can give you after the service and... If, any, if you don't have a copy or you, you miss me, there's some at the back of church which you can help yourself to. And if you're listening online, you'll probably receive a copy by email, but failing that, please contact the church office and we'll be pleased to give you a copy. Amen. Let's just spend a few minutes, a few moments, reflecting on what Ivan has said and asking the Lord to bring out something in what he said that he wants to speak to you about.
we will be saying again later in the service, Christ has died, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord, turn our hearts towards that beautiful thought that we would spend Advent not just looking at what has happened, but anticipating what will happen. And Father, I thank you that you understand every situation. Challenges again as to what we actually believe. Challenges again as to what we spend our time looking for and waiting for and hoping for and turn our eyes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> we stand and sing, I cannot tell why he whom angels worship
it while we have our prayers from Duncan that have been pre-recorded. Holy Spirit, guide and lead us as we pray to our Heavenly Father, through Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Father, that each of us who have placed our lives into your control have a unique relationship with you. You know our needs and take delight when we consciously share them with you. Help us to grow in love and care and trust of each other, so that every part of the body of Christ is supported and sustained. Help us to recognise that only a healthy body can heal and grow. So we pray especially for those who are struggling with frailty, be it physical, emotional or spiritual. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for your world where evil and greed often seem to prevail. We pray for refugees fleeing from violence or economic poverty. We pray for governments and authorities worldwide that they may be directed by your compassion and wisdom and not be led by self-interest or nationalism. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. We pray for your church, that with boldness and joy we will proclaim Emmanuel, God with us, and not be silent about Jesus, the only one who can save from the control of sin. Lord, accept these prayers through the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. So with the thought of Christ's return, let's offer each other the sign of peace. Because with all that in mind, we can say to each other, the peace of the Lord be with you. So just stand and bless each other with the peace.
Eucharistic prayer to you. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our Almighty God, good Father, to us all, your face is turned towards your will. In your love you gave us Jesus, your Son, to rescue us from sin and death. Your word goes out to call us home to the city where angels sing your praise. We join with them in heaven's song. Holy, 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 God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father of all, we give you thanks for every gift that comes from heaven. To the darkness, Jesus came as your light. Signs of faith and words of hope, he touched untouchables with love and washed the guilty clean. This is his story. This is our song. Hosanna in the Crowds came out to see your son. Yet at the end they turned on him. On the night he was betrayed, he came to table with his friends to celebrate the freedom of your people. This is his story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus blessed your father for the food. He took bread. Gave you thanks. Broke it and said, This is my body given for you. Jesus then gave thanks for the wine. He took the cup. Gave it and said, This is my blood shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. This is our story. This is our song. Hosanna in the Therefore, Father, with this bread and this cup, we celebrate the cross on which he died to set us free. Defying death, he rose again, and is alive with you to plead for us and all the world. This is our story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Send your spirit on us now. By these gifts we may feed on Christ, his open eyes and hearts on fire. May we and all who share this food offer ourselves to live for you and be welcomed to your feast in heaven, where all creation worships you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Our Saviour has taught us so we. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever.
And our closing hymn, Hark the glad sound, the Saviour comes, the Saviour promised long.
so we're going to close as we started and we're going to start with slide number 15. Singing carols on the doorstep, singing carols in the street. Throw open the doors, drop the walls, and gaze toward the throne of our glorious God. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And you answer the question, who do we say God is? The powerful God, the victorious God, the triumphant God. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Remember to please sign the Christmas cards if you haven't done it at the back of church. And um, thank you to the guys that have been on the tech stuff. And I'm sorry I got you confused at the beginning, Ian, but yeah. And thank you for joining us online as well. Thank you very much. God bless you.